Real Business Owners. Welcome back to the Real Business Owners Podcast. This is episode 56. I believe I've been wrong before, uh, I but, gonna, but I ain't going to correct you yeah, today because I honestly yeah. don't know. Yeah, we, we get lost sometimes, but you've got myself, Trevor Cowley, as usual, Kel Goodman. How's it going? Um, guys, today we have a special guest for you. It was kind of random, you know, how I found Carrie, but I found her and I'm happy that I did. And you can, she's the type of person that you could just tell by looking even at her pictures and her Instagram that you just have a really good energy and you vibrate at a high level. And I don't know why that is, if you meditate or you this or that, but... I do this and that and meditate, like the whole everything thing, Everything in all between, of all of it. So you've got to do all of it to, to, <laughs> to vibrate keep, at a high level. That's right, right. You know, you can't do, you can't half-ass it and get full-ass results, right? So true, yeah. So we've got Carrie Marshall with us today. Guys, she's the owner of Drive Your Thoughts Coaching. Would you say you more focus so on the men's side of coaching? Or Absolutely, is it, it's, yeah. Okay, that's yeah, where you anybody but specifically I work with men okay and you've been doing that for a few years now as we talked about previous to, to hopping on the podcast and yeah. it's just been something that you've loved I, since day absolutely. one or what yeah absolutely loved yeah. it yeah certified life coach been a certified life coach for two years and uh, like I said specifically working with men uh, I like to say it's like the next level coaching meaning that when you find yourself stuck yeah any area of your life your business your marriage anything I'm the one that's going to help you get to the next level by a couple of different things that we talk about formulas uh, things like that to just make sure that you are always progressing to what you want to create in your own life so you have like formulas to help optimize specific Absolutely. areas of their whether it's their fitness or finances or their marriage or whatever these yeah. are there's like almost like a there's formula, one formula. There's one formula, and we're going to talk about it today. Yeah. But it really is the one thing that if you can figure out how to do this and do it well, it will help anything in your life. Okay. I'm curious. I'm what, already ready uh, for that part. Yeah, you're like, let's, Shit, go. let's go. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, geez, help me anywhere in my life. I, you know, we can all use yeah. a little help, especially right now. Absolutely. You know. So, what were you saying, Cope? Oh, I'm just curious about the certification because I know there is a lot of life coaching out there okay. that people are like, um, a good question. you know, they're, they're just self-claimed life coaches. Oh, yeah, you're certified. So what is a, what is a certification and what kind of, um, how, how do you get certified as a life coach? Yeah. So this, the coaching business is interesting because there isn't something that says you have to be this, you know, yeah. you have to be with this area. Mm. So you can go out today and be like, I'm a coach. No. Yeah. Um, but I went through the, the life coach school, Brooke Castillo, um, she's one of my mentors that I looked up to. And so um, at the time it was uh, two week or one week in person. And then it was a six month after. Um, and now it's all online. I'm actually an instructor for her certification oh, cool. program yeah, yeah. now. That's cool. Yeah. But it was a good uh, week intensive program. Then learn about her way of coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, we call it causal coaching, meaning that we are not action oriented. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to be the one to go out and tell you what to do. Yeah. That's all on you. Yeah. We're just going to talk about your mindset and what's going on with that so that you can figure out what action is you're either not taking or that you yeah. want to be taking. So you you everything eventually ties back to your mindset. Everything. So if you're if yeah. you have a low frequency mindset in terms of the thoughts that you have or whatever it is, it's very difficult to have a positive life on the outside. And so if somebody's at a low point, you try to go straight mental, just, we just figure go right out into what's going it. on upstairs. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a couple of different things to look at, but th- yeah. their thoughts really are the main thing to be focusing on. Yeah. So many people don't take the time to actually think about what they're thinking about. Yeah. 
Jeez, Louise, that's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Because I like I, I, yeah, well, and I'm glad that there is actually really good programs coming out that that people go through to get certified. Because I did see a trend there for some years where I'm like, you know, these people should not be life coaches. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like people should not be paying them. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. certain people, right? Yeah. Not everybody. Obviously, yeah. there's people who are very gifted in it. But I'm glad there's formulas that are showing results and then you know you guys are you know like creating certifications on it so that's cool to hear that when you said certified i'm like oh i want to know more about that because there's a need for that well i mean this morning i was listening to and people might think it's weird but like um oprah uh, interviews people i forget what it's called um she has like a little success podcast or something like that and she interviewed joel olstein Right. Um, and I'm not that I'm not big religious guy or anything, but I do, you know, I can connect with to some of the stuff they're talking about, the power of, you know, just still believing and having faith and continuing down a specific path. And, um, you know, and they talked about uh, this morning on the way to work about, you know, using just like a just like your TV has a remote control. And if you don't like something that you're watching, you just change the channel. And what he basically stated was. If something negative, if you're starting to think negative and something bad is, you know, brewing upstairs, you need to change the channel very quickly. You need to force a positive thought. You know, sometimes subconsciously your brain defaults to negative. And and I think our brains are obviously built that way for survival, right? Trying to scope the situation and figure out what's wrong with the situation, which can put us in a negative thinking mindset for way too long, you know. That was built for survival back in the day. We don't really need to think negatively all the time anymore. If anything, we need to think positively the majority of the time and, and obviously put in the work. But uh, he basically stated just when, when, a, when a negative thought comes up, just utilize that as a reminder to think positive yeah. and just trying to change that narrative, which is one of the most difficult things to do. Um, but that doesn't mean it's not doable. Well, and, and so this is when that formula comes into play because okay. what what happens is we have circumstances in our life. Circumstances are things that are just happening, okay. right? They're people's actions, people's yeah. words, anything that's happening outside of ourselves. And then we have thoughts about those. Mm. So just like you mentioned, sometimes those thoughts are just happening. Sometimes they're negative, positive, whatever. Yeah. But the, the reason it's so important to know what's happening there is because our thoughts create our feelings. Mm. So... When you have that negative thought, like he just mentioned, it's going to create a feeling like something that's negative, right? Like we're going to feel unmotivated or we're going to feel frustrated. Well, the reason that that's important is because our feelings drive all action or inaction in our life. Mm. And our actions are what creates our results. Yeah. So if you think about it, your results are being caused by the thoughts that you're having. Mm. So that's the formula that you can use for anything. You have circumstances, your thoughts create your feelings, Mm. feelings drive actions, actions create results, and that is how you can put in anything into that. We call it the model. You put anything into the model and figure out what's going on for yourself. Mm. And so when we talk about changing your thoughts, the reason it's so important is because it's actually changing your feelings. Feelings Mm. are vibrations in your body. That's it. So you have a thought and you get pissed, you get frustrated, whatever the feeling is that it's creating, that it's chemical creating. chemical gets released. 
Exactly. And then you, that's why when you get angry, you, you can feel, feel your, like when yeah. somebody says, I can feel my blood boiling. Yeah. Like I'm getting angry and you get tensed up. Yeah. That all started with some sort of thought that released thought. a chemical in your body. That's then it. now you have a, an emotion of anger. Where do you feel that when you get angry, bro? I don't get angry, bro. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. When I, when I get angry, I, I feel it. Like... You do? Oh, yeah. I always yeah. feel it through the back of my neck for some no, reason. No, dude, I like, feel, it's like I feel a, it it's in like my heart, like right from... in the middle of my chest really? where I'm just like, yeah. yeah where so I this is really upset. interesting and important to note, though. Do you see how you both have a different reaction in your body to mm -hmm. anger? Mm -hmm. So that's why we want to actually, this is why it's so important, especially for men, to know how they feel emotion. Because it's not a one-stop shop of like, oh, all emotion is in your chest. Yeah. It's different for every single person, which yeah. is why we want to know what's going on with them. Because one person's going to feel it in the back of their neck, like some tenseness. Mm, yeah. Another person's going to feel it in their in their chest. Yeah. I get a lot in my throat, like my throat closes lumps up. up. Yeah, yeah, lumps up. Yeah. But this is what's happening is it's actually we get to decide what to do with that emotion. Most of the time, if it's something like anger, people resist it. Once you resist something for so long, what happens? You react Fest, to it. Festering. Festers. It builds up and then totally. there's a blow up. And then your dog does something and you're like and pissed at the dog. beat the heck out of it. <laughs> yeah. Your dog probably did nothing. Yeah. And, yeah. But you, you know, you're using that as an excuse to, to rage or get it out probably. Exactly. Overreacting, right? Yeah. yeah. So there's a couple of different things that you can do with your emotion. You can resist it. You can react to it. Or you can process it. Mm-hmm. When we can learn how to process emotion mm. and be able to say, like, there's no bad emotion. Our bodies are actually made to process emotion. Yeah. But when we can allow it and say that thing of, like, okay, I'm feeling anger in my chest. Like, just going to let it be there. Let it see. Like, let me see how it can process here. Mm. Then there's no worry about kicking the dog or doing something else or exploding at our kids. It just comes down to I'm handling my emotion. I'm willing to process my emotion because I know Instead it's been caused. Instead of projecting it on somebody yes. else. I know it's been mm. caused by my thoughts. So gotcha. if I want to change this, I've just got to change the thought about what's going on mm. to create a different feeling. That's so difficult it's, to do. Well, and, and anything can be done as long as you put the reps in, just like anything else. Like you have to be so sick of the way that your life is in order for things to change, right? And where you'll just be open-minded to anything, even the weirdo, crazy things of totally. trying to do this, meditate, or that, you know, yeah. changing your state, all of those things. What were you saying? Oh man, it just it just is really weird because it's reminding me of like uh, I almost got forced into like wanting to ch change my thoughts and change you know the way I was yeah. uh, when I went through a divorce years ago. And when people ask me now, because if they knew me back then, I was pissed off. Yeah. I was the guy kicking chairs and yelling mm -hmm. at people and firing people and, and you know, just yeah. like handling everything with rage once it bottled up and exploded. And so people that knew me and then they know me now, they're like, dude, it really was a shift. Like, what was, how did you get there? Well, I kind of got forced into it, but I realized by getting forced into it, because one thing I always loved was my family, right? And I was like, man, I'm going to lose my whole family. I'm going through divorce, this, that, the other. So I got to a point where I was going to be open-minded to some teachings, right? By, yeah. by that therapist that yeah. I stayed with for a number of years. But when people ask me, dude, what's the first, like, how do you really start changing your thoughts? I'm like, bro, you've got to work on, like, the self-awareness. Exactly. You really got to get to that point of, like, you're you're willing to become self-aware of of 
those things so that you can process them and then you can change your thoughts and then it's repetition for years mm-hmm. yeah you know like That's that dude exactly told me it. he's like it's going to be three to five years to really rewire your brain to naturally think differently. Yeah. And now I've noticed when I think back, I really do think differently because mm-hmm. yeah. I worked on it for a number of years. But, you know, you're a work in progress forever. Yeah. So well, and it starts with that still. self-awareness without judgment because so often we'll have that thing that will say, oh, that's a crappy thought or I can't believe I'm thinking this about my wife, my kids, work, whatever. Yeah. But it really starts with, okay, how can I actually see and like have these thoughts and understand it's not me. Mm. This is just a thought that's going through my head. There's no judgment needed. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I'm a terrible person. All it means is that this is a thought that has been programmed from thinking it over and over again. Those are called neuro pathways in our brain. So a neuro pathway is made once you have a thought, an actual neuro pathway connects in your brain. The more that we think about it, the more that it just becomes something that is ingrained. So it's almost like a, a trail out in the hills. Exactly. Right? The more that that trail is walked, the more the, the path becomes clear. Yep. And right? for our brain, it's so much easier to go down that path because it's known. Yep. So we can you know, walk paths past somebody's office and we're like, oh, there they are sitting on their computer again. Next day, next day, next day. Before we even get to their office... We're halfway down and thinking, ah, this guy over here, what's he even doing? It's a neural pathway that's been connected so many times. But the good thing is it doesn't mean that it always has to be there. Just Mm. like the trail, we can blaze new trails. We can start something new. That's true. We just have to be aware of it, like Kale said. Well, Mm. it's just amazing on, on, like, when I think back how unaware I really was. So when people say, well, that sounds easy, become self-aware. It's like, no, dude. Like, I spent (laughs) my entire young adult life unaware. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of what was really going through my head and what I was what I was afraid of that was causing anger and all these you things. You were just right? reacting like, to everything. I was just reacting to everything yeah. just yeah. blindly. To just, yeah. I was just like totally living this subconscious life. And yeah. it was like, dude, it was so huge for me anyway when I was like really took time to process my thoughts and, you know, practice rethinking things, right, mm-hmm. to be able to naturally change that. And so I think it's huge what, yeah. what we're yeah. talking about. So. I think so too. How do you, th- how do you think um, – this correlates to business, you know, entrepreneurs. Oh. I mean, geez yeah. Louise, they get put through the ringer. Uh, you know, so business often. is difficult. Yeah, It's so easy to get sucked into negativity and, you know, poor me, my employees or my this or my vendors or, you know, my marketing's not going, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're at a very, very low point. Yeah. Um, well, and, and a lot of times, you know, people are solo entrepreneurs, so yeah. we don't have partners to bounce yeah. off and, and have one partner be like, hey, you've got this. Yeah. Like, we'll get out of this. So solo entrepreneurs, I think, are the ones that I see um, have this the most of they'll start to get in their head. Yeah. They take their thoughts and they actually think of them as circumstances. So they think, like, the shitty marketing's never going to work. Yeah. Okay, well, let's break that down. We can't put shitty as a circumstance. It's yeah. not, yes. I, I always like to say the circumstance needs to be factual and neutral. Yeah. So I'm like, let's really think about this. What, what is your marketing? What does it look like? Well, it's Facebook ads two days a week on here. Okay. Or you, or you can say, do Facebook ads work in general for businesses? Right. And the answer is clearly yes. Right. 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 How do you get it to work for your business? And that's where the thoughts come in, yeah. right? If something's not working, instead of thinking like this is shitty, I'm going to think something else. Like, adjust. Yeah, I'm going to adjust a little bit about like I'm figuring this out. Mm. Or, but I do see this with business owners all the time is they get into this space of a headspace and they 
don't think that they can go home and talk about it with anybody. Yeah. They don't really have a support system, right? They don't have a mastermind that they're working with. And so all they have is their own mind and it is working against them, them up yeah. over and over again. Mm. That's so, yeah, that's huge. True. And, and, and throughout the entire podcast, the entire time we've had it, we've talked about the power of masterminds and coaching and mentoring and all of that stuff because of usually how lonely of a road entrepreneurship is because like what you said you don't want to come home after a crappy day and unload it onto your spouse right. and say oh I this this that you know and have them bear the burdens so to speak that you feel like that you're the only one that needs to bear mm-hmm. I think it's super super important to protect your mind at all costs whether it is having a, a mindset coach, whether it is being involved in groups, entrepreneurship groups, mm-hmm. because once you think that you're going at it alone and then you go into these groups and then you start hearing some of their stories or their problems that they're dealing with, yeah. and you're like, holy shit, it's just business in general. Yeah. It's just full of problems and it's up to us to come up with solutions. Yeah. And one of the quickest ways to come up with a solution is without a doubt changing your perspective on the scenarios. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that the eyes that somebody currently has are the eyes that in mind that got them into that situation. And it's going to be very difficult to rely on that same mind and same set of eyes to get you out of the situation. Right. So you have to adjust, you have to tweak, whether it's again, going into coaching or mentoring or yeah. surrounding yourself with a group of people, whether again, paid, paid group of people, um, because all of those people, they bring a different dynamic because they are there for one reason, one reason only, and that's to get better, right? And yeah. find their best self. And yeah. through that, your perception of things change and what m- you may have not seen in your business at one point becomes very clear because you have a new perspective on the scenario because you're thinking differently, thinking clearly. Well, and as your as your business grows, the the mind that got you to that business cannot solve for some of the new things that exactly. you're going to. Like could you imagine yep. you know, 5 years ago, your 5-year self trying to solve for today's problems that right. you're having in your business? A lot of that comes with just time, right? Time and experience, but a lot of it comes with having different perspective, different yeah. angles that you cannot see that other people like a mindset or a coach or an accountability partner or whatever is going to help you see. It's just getting more eyes on it and more minds on it, more things so that you can really up level yourself. And I have to say it comes first from being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. It comes from dropping the ego and being willing to be the guy in the mastermind that talks about the business not doing well. Yeah. You know, you can't always come and be the guy that's just like, I'm, I'm killing it. it. I'm, yeah, I've got it all figured yeah. out. Because when you set yourself up for that, there's no place to go. Yeah, You've backed yourself in a corner. And so when something comes up and you're not willing to be vulnerable, you're not willing to drop your ego, then when, the, when everything happens, you have built yourself up as this guy in a mastermind that can't ask for help. And so that's what I really see as well. If I see some of my clients will get to a certain point and I say, well, what, what's going on? Why haven't you reached out to your partner? Well, I can't do that. Why not? Mm, that brings up a good point um, that just come to mind for me anyway, is like the difference between group coaching and one-on-one, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't know, have you been a part of like, yes. you've been a part of masterminds and group yes. coaching and then you've obviously have your one-on-one clients. Yeah. And so it's like, 
there's got to be, I don't know, maybe there's like a, a, maybe a part of your formula is being a part of groups, but also getting that one-on-one too, mm-hmm. where you yeah. can be more vulnerable because people struggle with that, especially initially if they are a higher ego person, right? Yeah. They're not going to share those, but they would share more one-on-one with mm-hmm. like you, you oh, know? Absolutely. And so I don't know, do you see a lot more value in one or the other? Or do you think a combination of both is... I think it's a combination of both, really. I think that's a really great question too. You know, as a group coaching, we talk a lot about business. Mm-hmm. Men are really comfortable talking about business. Money and business. Money and, and business cool and stuff. marketing. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, let's go. And it's really, yeah. it's, a, it's important. It's important to sit around with a group of other business owners and say, oh... You're in this business, it's completely different, but we're, we're both dealing with employees, yeah, right? Yeah. What I do find is with personal issues, especially with marriage and things like that, men don't want to sit in a group and talk about the struggles that they're having with their personal life mm. with other people. Yeah. Um, I've tried that, and it was interesting to see the dynamic of, I'm like, what's happening here? Yeah. Well, <laughs> nobody like, wants to reveal that they're weak, well, right or and, whatever and, and i mean that's the protect, ego right. yeah that's the yeah. ego speaking right if yeah. you if you have a problem that means that you're weak but usually you put yourself in a room in a group of people because there is a weakness somewhere yeah, yeah. but you i know? found that that's that part of it is a lot of people don't want to talk personally about the weaknesses mm. it's more the one to one where we can really dive in and see okay well what is going on here but i think that there is a benefit for both yeah and it really comes down to knowing what's the result that you're after so, for instance, I had a client come and he he said, my one goal, my one objective is to go on our anniversary trip with my wife for a week and not fight. They've been married for 15 years and never had it happen. Like, he moved out after one anniversary trip, right? Like, all of these things. He's like, this is my one thing. We worked on it for six months. I was going to say, I got to hear this and see how, how six, it went down. Six months, and he was willing I mean, to do the vulnerable work mm. of looking at himself. We did not talk about how she should show up. We, I told him, I am not mm. going to tell you anything of how she should show up. I'm not her yeah. coach. We are working on you 100% of the time. She 100% gets to show up as the authentic person she is. And we worked and we worked. And the best text I got was that Monday morning. And he said, mission accomplished, coach. Mm. And I was <laughs> That's like, so cool. That's awesome. But he was willing to come for six months in order to have to one week. Up. One week with his wife where he did not fight with her. And so that's the type of work that was kind of the one-to-one, yeah. right? He's not going to want to talk about that mm. in a group coaching setting. Which well, is so it, important, too, because if, you, if, she, if she's not good at home, like yeah. it's tougher at work, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's somewhere that, you know, that's an area that everybody should work on to, to improve things at work as well. Well, I mean, you know, with Chris, when we were um, out there towards San Hollow, he was talking about um, – if you don't deal with some of the stuff that's anchoring you, it's like having a speedboat, but then dropping the anchor and you can jam it as much as you want and go as hard as you, you, there's still something slowing you down. But if you deal with the stuff that's dragging you down or pulling you back and address that, you could go much quicker at a 25% effort or 50% effort because now it's just cruising, right? So you're exerting less and you're receiving more because you turned around and dealt with some of the shit that yeah. you didn't really ultimately wanted to face. Yeah. And have you seen that sometimes it's not even the business stuff that's holding their business back when you jump into some other stuff? Absolutely. Then all of a sudden they're just moving a little differently with better energy. Mm-hmm. 
and it has a correlation and carries over into other aspects, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, and I think that that's the other thing that I found maybe from the business perspective is we work really hard on our businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the stuff that a lot of people are willing to work on. But then they'll come back and be like, so I did this with my, my kid, you know, like I had one, oh, I worked on this with my kid, with my mindset stuff. It's making a difference with our relationship. And so when you can figure out one thing in one area, I think it's so much easier to figure it out in the other areas of your life. Learning how to measure it. Learning how to measure it. Learning how to see how your thoughts are creating this, you know, going home if it is with a child and saying, okay, how are my thoughts creating this result of this type of relationship? Mm-hmm. And then you can figure it out for yourself even, which is cool. So it just comes down to owning your own thoughts mm-hmm. and not letting other people come into your space and yeah. af- affect that negatively? Or? Yeah, absolutely. It comes down to you always have a choice of how you act, how you decide to interact with people. Yeah. Always a choice. So do you have a specific routine that you go through every single day to kind of prime your mind or get into a a very specific state where you feel like that you're vibrating at a higher frequency every morning or do you, what what are some of the habits that you feel like help you? I get up at 4am and it's an hour of just for me. That's Mm. no time that even my dog wants to be awake. And so that is time that I just get to work on myself. So I do something called self-coaching, which is um, where you can do a thought download. It's basically called a brain dump sometimes. You're just going to write all of your thoughts out so that you can, it's like a check-in. What's streaming up there? Yeah, what's going on? What's going on? And from, like I said, that non-judgmental place, if ever I see that there's, you know, something that I'm not loving up there, then I just take and I look at that thought and I'm like, what's this thought creating for me? Mm. If I can really think look at a couple of these thoughts and then how can I change them and intentionally think something different. And this is really important because I start coaching at 5 a.m. And so I start with my clients at 5 a.m. And from there, I'm holding space, meaning I'm here to just work with them on what's going on. If I haven't worked out my own shit, Mm. it's never a good place for a coach to come from. I can't bring my own crap into a coaching. So I always coach 4 a.m. in the morning, stretch, I read. I, I love to read any self-improvement, see how I'm going to uh, work on that. And then I just start coaching. So I coach from 5 to 11. And then from there, I I have this. I'm always my last client is what I tell myself. Mm. So that if anything's come up as I've been coaching my clients, I coach myself on that. I have my own coach that I work with every single week. That's been huge. Mm. Every coach should have a coach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I agree with that. Yeah. And then and then, um, oftentimes, too, it's like shutting down when it's time to shut down, which is another thing that entrepreneurs not so great at. Yeah. So I have to be really intentional. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. I have to be yeah. really, really intentional yeah. with my family. And yeah. um, both my husband and I, we're both, you know, business. We love business. And so... Um, but we have to remember that we're we're a mom and a dad and we have a family. And so I have to be very, very intentional about shutting down and actually like shutting off that brain so that I can go and be a mom, especially this summer, right, with my kids. I've yeah. got to be able to go out and be a mom and not be thinking about what's next for my business or anything like that. So mm-hmm. that's also been really crucial for me is knowing when to go and then when to pull back. and, and When to check in and when to check, check out. In. Yep, exactly. Hmm. How long have you had that type of a routine? Um, I started it about December. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really started it so that I could be more intentional with my kids. Um, so Purposely waking up way earlier mm-hmm. just to start tackling the day? Yeah. 
Yeah. So by the time that maybe they get, you know, you only have a few hours left in the day by the time they're up moving around. Yep. And then the rest of the time's theirs. Yep, exactly. So, huh. yeah. So you're a ghostwriter as well as what we found out. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of my passion project <laughs> yeah. on the side. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, what the hell is that? <laughs> but it, it is, I, I ghostwrite books for people. So that yeah. means that, um, you know, somebody really has some uh, topic or a subject that they want to talk about, but a book just feels so big. And so I just help people write their book. So it's their name on, on the title, and yeah. then I've written the subject. So I get to write from their perspective, their tone, their stories, their experiences. I basically just interview them, and then I take it and put it into book form, which is super fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Kel's been writing his book, you know. It's taken way longer than I planned on. It I was on like does. a roll, yeah. and then I was like, Everyone. and then I just went back and I was like, man, I don't like this. It doesn't feel right. And so then I'm scrapping stuff and starting over on stuff, and then I'll do nothing for a little while, and then I'm like, all of a sudden I'll get back in this mindset where I'm like, oh, like my thoughts I'm like really liking. It, may, it you know, it's jiving more. So then I'll put it down in notes, but then I never get it organized, and so I'm always starting over. Yeah. You know, but I'm like determined to get it done. It's just taking longer than I planned on. I wonder if that's normal. Is that pretty normal for people to like? start second guessing everything that they've done and oh, want to yeah. scrap it and then this like I want to make it better or yeah. this you know well, critiquing then, themselves a little too much and I'm sure I'm just going to go out on a limb here but I'm sure Kale the longer that it's taken you too I mean you're gaining more experience as you're going yeah so sometimes the chapter that you wrote two years ago you wouldn't write right now. Even six months ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, man, I don't like that. You know, that kind of conflicts with what I believe now or right. whatever. So, Well, and sometimes, I mean, this is kind of crazy to think about, but sometimes people are trying to put so much because they're like, I'm going to write a book. Yeah. Like, Kale, if you were to think like, this is my first book, like mm. I've got some different ones in me, it kind mm. of almost relaxes you into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then sense. you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to save that for this next book. But that's what I see with first authors is they think they're going to write Brain the one down. book. And so then yeah. it's this huge, like it has to be everything Yeah. instead of like, this is the one subject that I'm really interested in right now. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be more books to come. And associating your life stories yeah. to that one. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, this is a weird question, but it's something that I've always wanted to do myself. Mm-hmm. Hypnotized. Have you ever been hypnotized for success? And if so, or if you haven't, is that something that you feel like exists and has a place in, you know, yeah. coaching or mentoring or success in general? Yeah. Because we're talking about conscious and subconscious yes. minds, right? Yes. And so they say you could either retrain your subconscious mind through three to five years worth of putting in the work. Mm-hmm. But some people say that you can, if you get hypnotized for success and it works, yeah. that's a, a faster way to go about kind of retraining some of your thoughts, yeah. your default settings. Yeah. So I have done it before. Okay. And it totally didn't work because I did nothing after it, right? Uh, like I would go and I would just be like, yeah, I think that it's once again, it's a support. Yeah. So if you're intentionally working on yourself during the day, I think that it's actually really, like you said, it's subconscious versus conscious. Yeah. So it's the subconscious thought that you're having that basically somebody's just kind of like coming in and just offering you some different thoughts. That's all that's happening mm. with hypnotism uh, is they're just offering you some different thoughts. Like you see like smoking. Yeah. So they'll start to tell them like you don't even like cigarettes. You don't yeah. like the taste of them or whatever. But it's then taking it and putting it into action during the day of like, okay, I know I don't want to think about this. 
So it is, it's a good support, but it has to be a support. It cannot be the end all be all for your brain. So you can't go hypno- get hypnotized once and then just. And yeah, you're done. Boom. Yeah. Success. Yeah, it doesn't work <laughs> that way. <laughs> I really want to get hypnotized. You know, we, we've been talking about this for a minute, uh, getting hypnotized for success. Yeah. Because we know a guy in Vegas that does this and supposedly yeah. his story is, is that he's created more millionaires than anybody else through hypnotism or, you know, something like that. So that that's well, really got even, me curious yeah. about it. Yeah, know? I mean I mean if you even came up with your own and you like yeah. played it at night, like that's that's actually one of the things that I do at night. Okay. Is I actually go to bed listening to intentional thoughts. Okay. Um, and that's wow. been really beneficial. But also, I mean, here's another little brain hack. Figure out what you want and make it your screensaver on your phone because it's subconscious what you're Just seeing there. all the time. Yeah. You are looking at your phone how many times a day. And so if you decide that you want to have X amount of money, you want to have a different type of business, whatever it is, make it your screensaver. And it is crazy what happens there. Mm-hmm. Because subconsciously, you're looking at it day in and day out. So mine right now says I'm a master coach certified instructor. I'm like this close to being a master coach and I'm a certified instructor. Mm. That's been on my phone since January and it just makes it like I see it how many times a day Mm. and I just believe it. I'm like, I'm a master coach. Then your actions start following that. Exactly. Exactly. So it's finding those little brain hacks and that's like what hypnotizing does. It's, It's taking something and kind of using it, utilizing that tool so that it's just kind of helping that neural pathway, what we talked about, go back to, oh yeah, it's creating neural pathways as I'm in this hypnotized state. Let's talk about how you became a life coach real quick, yeah. okay? Because we've talked before previous on, um, you know, life-altering moments, I think, is the one that we talked about kind of hitting some low points, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, me removing myself from a scenario of being a drug addict mm-hmm. and, you know, having a, that life-altering moment at a very low place. Kel driving home after getting fired that then he's now a full-time entrepreneur. It's no longer a side hustle, you know, some very raw, you know, and low, low moments yeah. in our life that was the uh, a trajectory of change, mm-hmm. you know, and I thought that that was interesting when we were talking prior to the podcast that you were at a low point, you just didn't feel fulfilled mm-hmm. uh, when you decided to make a change or do something different. Why do you think that we wait until such a low point where it's just almost too much to bear before we then make the adjustment. Because we all know that there's something much greater out there for us, Yeah. right? We know that it exists because we, we see, you know, celebrities and athletes and successful coaches and entrepreneurs and, you know, across the board. So we know it's humanly possible, Yeah. but it's just so weird to me. Uh, I get fascinated by the fact that usually it's a forced change by hitting a very low point Mm -hmm. where you're just like, I can't take it anymore. Then all of a sudden, something positive comes out of it. Yeah, that's a great question. I think a lot of people, me included, it comes down to getting almost apathetic with your life, meaning that you just don't care. And then, Mm. and then there's a little bit of like judgment that comes in or embarrassment or something else that like, like, especially with social media, you see other people doing things. Yeah. And so you're like, well, that's amazing. And I'm not doing that. Right. Mm. Like I in, in my low point, I would either like post like our family vacation. You know, we'd always go on these really great family vacations. Yeah. But then I'd come home and I'd be miserable. Mm. 
but I don't, I can't talk to anybody about this. So we put ourselves in a very lonely place where we're not reaching out. We're not talking, but then we get apathetic with it, meaning that we just don't care. Mm. We're just like, well, I guess this is my life. That's how I felt. I just kind of felt apathetic about my life Mm -hmm. as a stay at home mom, my life helping, you know, watch someone else's kids so we could make more money. And I mean, six kids under the age of nine at Mm. home. And I was just I was just like, what's what's happening here? Three, three of these are my own. I'm watching three other kids, yeah. and I just I hated it. But I didn't feel like I could talk to anybody about it. Yeah. yeah, I thought I was like helping out. You know, my husband's doing a startup, and I'm like, I can't go to him. You were, you were serving your purpose, is what you felt I like in serving, that moment. Yeah. You're like, okay, well, they're doing this, and they need a babysitter, and right. like maybe I'll just be the I'll just be the sacrificial one. lamb here, totally. and just and it's you know. so selfish. I mean, let's yeah. I mean really think about that. That's the most selfish thing you can do. Yeah, is tell yourself that you're the sacrificial lamb. Like, come on. Yeah, I mean. Having somebody be the person to call me out, like I said. So so I called a friend, a college friend. I was kind of talking to him. He was like, what's going on? And I yeah. said, I just I hate my life. Yeah. I said, I can't talk to my husband about it. I just really want to support him. And he said, you should talk to my wife. She's a coach. And I was like, I don't know. And he's like, just do it. So I talked to my husband and just so happened she was having a retreat the next weekend in Logan. He was like, I don't want you to come home until you're happy. When I told him what was happening, he was mm-hmm. like, this is not okay. Yeah. But it took for her to tell me that I was being selfish. It took for her to call me out on my shit and say like, wow, you are so full of it. Yeah. You're living this completely like poor me life. You have created all of this. So and I all was the like, justifications were to try to make yourself feel better yeah, about just, being in your in that situation. Yeah, it was just like poor me, but I'm doing it for everybody else. I'm such a good person. But are you really helping the other people when you're miserable exactly. around them? Exactly. Yeah. Am I helping when I'm miserable watching yeah. their kids? Yeah. Am I helping when I'm yeah. miserable being with my own kids? Yeah. You know? No. But I, I'll tell you, that time when she called me out, it was the best time because I felt the most hopeful because it was mine to deal with. Mm. And then it felt the most tragic because it was mine that I created. Yeah. But I was okay. I could be there and I could feel that and process that because I was like, hell yes, I'm all in to create something different. And I came back and my husband was like, Oh, there you are. I haven't seen you in the last couple of years. Mm. <laughs> so good to see you. So really That's what so it comes cool. what it comes down to is just taking ownership of of your situation from front to back. Yeah. That's really what it com- what it comes down to. Yeah, I call it 100% ownership. Okay. Like well, even yeah. when things go wrong, right? Something goes wrong, you have to take 100% ownership first so that you can learn from so it. So that you can learn from it and then we bring in other people even with jobs and work and things, right? 100% ownership, how is this mine? And then, okay, well, this person really did screw up or whatever, but it does make a difference. To yeah, do but it that you, way. You, you could still say, how could I have trained that person exactly. better? Exactly. They exactly. did screw up, but, you know, we could have done X differently. I right? like the part of your story of where you were just got to that point, though, where you were just willing to share with a friend to actually start that new path, right? Because so many people aren't willing to do that, Mm-mm. you know? So for people that are just kind of, going down that victim, poor me road, they're just accepting their life how it is. Like that is the first step. Like be willing to like open up and and be willing to share and and reach out to some people and talk about it so that you can start making that choice for a new path. Yeah, I would be careful about who you reach out to, That's though. What I That's was just true. Say yeah, you know what I mean? Right because person. there's some negative, yeah. negative oh, yeah, people that will it. just yeah. be like, "Oh my just God, yeah. yeah, they should have did you. You're, you're, you're totally in the right, yeah. you know, or mm-hmm. whatever." And then, but that's just.
is because they're in the same situation as you are. Mm-hmm. And, and the problem is, is if you continue to put yourself in the same situations over and over, you're going to have probably the same reaction. So same, you have to yeah. reach out and put yourself in a different that's situation, a mm-hmm. uh, you know, reaching out to somebody that's a professional, somebody that knows what they're doing, mm-hmm. somebody that's in some cases doesn't even know who you are yeah. mm-hmm. because they don't want to hurt your feelings. Well, and they won't believe your shit. That's the other thing is, you know? is my, my friend's wife, I mean, we had maybe talked to each other twice. Yeah. Like she didn't really know She's me. familiar with She's you. She's familiar with me just because we were friends. You know, I was friends with her husband in, in college, but she wasn't willing to buy into it. But she, but that's the thing with coaching. So she, she was my coach for years. Yeah. She does it from such a loving space. Like I know 100% she loves me and like – but – the love came from not buying in on it. And just like we talked about, it has to be from the same, from the right people. So if you find yourself in a situation where you're like looking around and you're like, kind of all my friends are buying into this, mm-hmm. it's being willing to find the person that's maybe outside of yourself. Find yeah. somebody that you look up to. Find somebody that you think would be a good mentor. Find somebody that you're willing to have that hard conversation of just saying one sentence of like, this is going to be hard for me and I'm being a little bit raw right now. Yeah. But I look up to you, so I wanted to tell you, I'm kind of stuck. Could you help me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's a really good point of looking around and seeing, am I around the type of people that we are having these types of conversations? My my husband's been friends with the same group of high school friends and, and junior high. I forever. Mean, they, forever. These <laughs> yeah. guys hang out. They go to football games. I mean, it's one of the coolest relationships to see. And recently, my, my husband decided to do something a little bit different for his birthday. Maybe it's having... Uh, coach as a wife, but yeah. he decided to bring in this woman that does, um, she does breathing for yeah. athletes. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, that'd be cool. You know, my yeah. friends are like golfers and things. He's like, you know, that'd be really cool. But he said that that was the first time that they were able to kind of sit down in a different place and have like some pretty raw conversations. Mm-hmm. He's like, I've been with these guys since junior high and high school. And he's like, to be able to sit in that space and have like actual conversations he's like i didn't know what was going on with some of them Mm. and so we kind of talked about well what was the shift there and he's like i think we're just kind of over ego he's like i think we're just kind of over just dinking around and and being those those type of people but i think that we need to be willing to have those conversations even with sometimes people that haven't been there to see are they going to reach out and you know reciprocate back listen whatever but sometimes you have to be willing to try it out and see. Yeah. If Curtis, my husband, would have just been like, ah, oh, no big deal, just my high school friends, then I think he would have made, uh, missed out on taking something that he loves so much and making it such a better connection. Mm. So be willing to sometimes put yourself out there and not know what's going to happen with your friends. Mm. It's, hard. Like it's hard to be open sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. but it is, you, you, you just do it and, you know, there's a lot of good things that can come from it. Well, even when we get messages on, on real business owners on Instagram, it's just, it's so easy for me to just, well, that's bullshit. It's because of the, you know, this is it. Yep. And, and basically putting it all back on that individual. It's so easy to do that because I don't have a relationship with that individual. Yeah. Right. When you have a relationship with somebody, you're trying to tell them exactly what they need to be told. But you're also tiptoeing around how you should say it because you want to protect them. But at the same time, see them have progress. Mm-hmm. Right. And so. That's what I would suggest. I mean, you know, even therapy and stuff. I mean, you're far more raw with somebody you, yeah. that you I mean, don't dude, you even know. Be careful with therapists too. Yeah, I mean, just like there's bad ones. Yeah. yeah, 
Because yeah. I've been through a few. I've been through <laughs> I, a few, I didn't man. Know. And, and I'm not looking for someone to just, yeah. like, tell me I'm right, which is the problem. Yeah. A lot of people are looking for that, right? Yeah. Like I've seen, a lot of people are looking for that. Yeah. They find it. Yeah. That's the crazy thing is they, they find do. it. And yeah. so then you just get to continue to see the same patterns over and yeah. over again. And so that's an, another thing to kind of check in with yourself. Mm. Like, am I in the same pattern? You know, if I'm talking to um, some but coach or yeah, same or thing with your mastermind, right? Like, could you imagine being in yeah. a mastermind and then like two years later being like, we're in the same spot that we've yeah. always been? Yeah. Like you can't like you always have to be looking at how is this benefiting me? Am I taking ownership and doing something different with I, the resources? I imagine what makes a good therapist, same thing that makes a good life coach, right? Like. So I was lucky. The first therapist I have is really good at this, where he'll ask you the right questions for you to find the answers. Yes. Right. Not not tell you what you should be doing, or or validate what you think, or you know what I mean. Especially if you're working on like a marriage or something, yeah. it's so toxic when you know there's just that one that one part of the spouse is looking for justification, and then the therapist gives it to them, and yeah. or a coach, right? And yeah. so I remember actually pretty good when when me when my marriage fell apart, and I decided to keep going there. Therapist, you know, and I finally did start opening up, right, about the mm. things I was angry at, yeah. you know, and I was pointing out all these things, and he started asking me questions. I remember one of the questions was like, so it sounds like a lot of your anger is other people's fault, huh? You know, and I was just like, oh, man, and it hit me. I was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I can't keep blaming everybody else yeah. for my problems, yeah. right? Yeah. So that was like a big shift right then and there. But so I imagine coaching, you know, life coaching is a lot, a lot the same. Coaching is the same. You got to yeah. ask them the right questions. You got to help, like, and guide them to, to find them the finding answer. their own answers, right? Yeah. Instead Empowering of, instead them of just trying to, to learn how to come up with solutions on right. their own yeah. and think through it by themselves yeah, by asking those it's questions. It's not my responsibility. That's the great part as a coach. My mm-hmm. responsibility is to be completely um, a neutral space for them to come and talk about whatever they need. Um, I ask questions and I help them see their mind. I am not in charge of their actions. I'm mm-hmm. not in charge of what happens after our session. They go and live their life. I mm-hmm. go live mine. I actually saw one of my clients at a jazz game just walked right past him. I'm like, he. we don't know each other. Yeah. That's the thing with coaching is it's really on you, therapy, right? It's mm-hmm. on you to decide what you want to do with it. Right. It's not on the, on the coach or and the therapist. And in some cases, I think it's probably helpful just to have a space where, where it is neutral, where you can mm-hmm. speak out loud to where when you're speaking out loud and answering a question, then all of a sudden you're like, oh. You know, sometimes you're speaking it out loud. You can find the problem without having somebody even totally guide you. Yeah. You just have a space to where there's open communication to where you can maybe see your own bullshit if you hear yourself saying it. That's exactly you know? what I find. It's yeah. just being able to listen to yourself, which is why yeah. you can even at first even start coaching yourself by doing that brain dump, that thought yeah. download, writing without judgment, just anything that comes up because sometimes it surprises you what's in there. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wow, I had no idea that's a thought that I've been thinking but like we said, when we have that neutral space, just hearing yourself say some of these things out loud that you've never been able to say is so beneficial. Would you say, um, out of the people that you've worked with, would you say that success has more to do with somebody's drive or with how smart they are? Which, if you were to pick one. If I had to pick one. If you had one. to pick one. A drive, somebody that just has pure drive but might be a dumb person. I would say smart honestly you would yeah 
I've seen people try and push their way, drive their way through mm-hmm. things. It will get you a lot of places. But what gets you... So this is what I've seen. It doesn't mean that having drive, like a pure drive, is not successful. You can absolutely yeah. be successful with drive, but you bring your brain with you. Mm. And so if you aren't smart and you're not working on your mindset, um, then you get to a place. And this is what I actually see with a lot of my CEO clients. They get to a place of success and they are miserable there. They start to... Why? Because they haven't worked on their mindset. They've thought that getting to a certain place with um, things or just the accolades. Or status, yeah, accolades, success that they yeah. actually really have created. Yeah. But they haven't worked on their their success mindset. They haven't worked on being okay with themselves. Mm. And so when they get there, when they have driven and driven and driven and they've gotten to CEO status, they are lonely. They are stressed. All of these different things because they haven't worked on their smart and they haven't worked on their mindset and they haven't worked on being okay whether it was there or not. Yeah. So they start to do, we call it buffering, which is using external things to try and make yourself feel a certain way. So they start to buffer with different things to create and hopefully get that high again of like, Mm. I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. Well, I think that, I think what happens is, um, you start, you start feeling totally unfulfilled. Yes. You know, you start feeling unfulfilled because you're like, you've gotten to this point and you don't know how to get any further. So now you're just like unfulfilled like the success well, uh, doesn't that, mean that, anything that, anymore that's, that's, that you have already had exactly so uh, what i think happens is at least when you're on the path to success or you're trying to get to those accolades you're growing at least at least there's something to chase yes and that's the distraction of having to deal with your own shit mm-hmm so you're on the chase for, you know, I want to make a million dollars in a year or $2 million in a year. And you're very focused on that one specific goal so much so that you can accomplish it. But if everything that you thought was going to be there isn't there, it's 10 times worse because you now have no hope. You know, because at yeah. least when you were chasing, there was hope that at this point, yes. I'll be happy. Yes. Right. And so then what happens, like I said, is then they start to fill it with different things. Right. Then they start to think, well, if I just do this, then I do this. So sometimes the the type A personalities are the ones that will do the most. They'll they'll give the most. They'll create the most. But they also are the ones that are the most miserable. What's type A? What does that mean? Oh, that's just like the the go-getters. They're just like the type A people that are just like always searching like the perfectionists or or things like that. It's just like a type A personality. Do you do that when when you're working with somebody is try to find what type of personality they are? No, not really. No? Because it really does just come down to thoughts. Yeah. Right? It comes down to like what their drivers are. I love looking. uh, We talked a little bit about patterns. I love looking for patterns. Um, you can always find patterns in people. Our brains are actually pretty lazy. Yeah. It wants <laughs> they, to default to right, the, right. The, the pattern. That's Those neural pathways and things that are yeah. like it loves to kind of go back. And so I'm always looking at patterns of thinking. You know, is there a pattern of thinking of, well, when I get this, then this will happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you, and it's not just CEOs. You see it with everybody, you know. Yeah. Oh, if I get a different job, then I'll be happy. Yeah. If I do this, then I'll be happy. So it's finding patterns of that, you know. If we go on this trip, then my wife will be happy. So it's looking for patterns of is someone always chasing something to create a feeling 
because we know that a thing will not create that feeling. It's your thoughts about it. So I'm mm-hmm. like, you could create that right now, that feeling that you're chasing. We could do that right now if you're willing to do the work and work on your mindset. Then that thing just becomes something awesome that you get to go to. And you also, I don't know if you guys have, no, have seen this for yourself, when it doesn't become an end point, you kind of blow pa- right past it. Yeah. Did you guys ever notice that with your businesses? Well, we Kel had mentioned in a previous podcast, we were talking about goals and stuff, and he didn't really like that term. Mm-hmm. He, he kind of changed it to more of a benchmark. I love because, that. Because yeah, um, so once you hit that goal... There's something else. Then what? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that that, that you've accomplished. And usually from there, people retract, Mm -hmm. right? Like if I'm, you know, trying to make X amount of money or let's say I want to lose 10 pounds, I lose 10 pounds and I hit that goal and now I go celebrate. And then I end up yo-yoing back rather than having that be the benchmark and then setting a new benchmark, right? Mm -hmm. Or a new goal or however you want to word it, right? Yeah, I see that with people getting clients too. You know, I'm going to get 10 clients and then... They're super hyper-focused on it. Hyper-focused on 10. They get the 10 and then it, like you said, it's the yo-yo effect. And then they're like, I don't know what happened. I'm like, it's because you made a goal and not a benchmark. (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly it. Hmm. You know, you hit the 10 and then you're just super excited about it and you go out and celebrate and you're not like, well, what's next? So it is. It's finding benchmarks in your own life and then not getting hyper-focused on them, really working on your mindset as you get. Like I love to talk to people about creating that mindset of success already Mm. so that you can continue to create the success you're going after and have fun the whole way where you're not freaking out and having all these shitty thoughts the whole way as you're there. I'm like, let's enjoy it. Let's work on your mindset. So is that just through visualization then in terms of that? Yeah. Uh, Kind of closing your eyes and putting yourself in that type of a scenario or? Yeah. I like to kind of talk about future self-work. So if you're, if you're really wanting to create something for your future, think about what that person does. Like if you're going to create a business, are you in a brick and mortar building? Like really kind of go through the motion because when we can create the future, then we can almost like engineer it from there to what you can do today to create that and what type of mindset you're going to have to have to create that type. And a lot of times people find that there's a gap in between where they are and where they want to be. And so that's what I talk about is we're going to talk about bridging the gap with Mm. your mindset. No, I think that's super important. Um, You can play tricks on your mind just like it does to you. The fact is, is, you know, we've all had the dream of where we showed up to the bus stop in our undies, you know, and we woke up in a panic or the one where we were falling Mm -hmm. and it felt so real, but it wasn't. It just, it all happened in your mind. And so that's something that um, I've personally been working on lately i've been meditating uh you know every single morning for at least 10 minutes Mm -hmm. and i go through uh, a process of i am Mm -hmm. and then i label everything that i want to be you know i I am a good husband i am a good father i am you know successful or whatever joyful happy but you know i go through a list of those things and i'm starting to kind of mess with some of that to see again you're trying to tap into some of the things by stating it, what that would make you feel like, and then you, your body starts changing its state by stating it out loud. Because I think a lot of people think about success or this or that, but they don't actually speak it. Exactly. And um, it's there's far more power in actually hearing yourself say it than your brain just thinking it. Yeah. And uh, it's just a matter of putting yourself in the driver's seat of your mind. Yeah. Um, 
and speaking something and thinking it so many times over that it just you're already there, mm-hmm. like you like you talked about, where you can actually start enjoying it. Yeah. Um, as you go through the process. Well, and I think like what you said was so important of speaking it. Like I, a couple of years ago when I started coaching, I visualized being in Hawaii yeah. for two weeks with my kids, being able to work and then play with my kids all day, and so. I would write it down. I'd like think about it. And I was like, why haven't I actually said this to my kids? Like, why haven't I actually spoke to them about this is what we're going to be doing? Yeah. I don't know when it's going stake to happen. Your claim, yeah. yeah. So I was like, stake my claim. And then it was amazing to be there last October. And my kids, we were at the airport and my, the stewardess asked one of my kids, like, what are you guys doing? And my kids said, we're living my mom's dream today. And I was like, yes, that was huge. So cool. Going to the beach, I would work. I would wake up at like 1 a.m. there. Yeah. I would work and then I'd sleep for a couple hours. And then the full day was just with my kids. Mm. It was the coolest thing to be able to sit on the beach and tell myself, I did this. Yeah, This was not something that Empowering. was given to me. It wasn't something yeah. I created this. And it just made me think like, well, what else is next? How yeah. fun is that? You you were li- you, living your mom's dream, right? Yep. When two years earlier, living mom's nightmare. Totally, exactly. <laughs> you know? And the yeah. only thing that changed was first being at a low point, reaching out to somebody, asking for assistance. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I guarantee you, there's plenty of people listening right now that are at a low point and they don't really know where to turn or this, that, the other. Flat out, some people state that they can't afford to be in coaching groups or have a mentor or whatever it is. And usually the rebuttal to that is, is if you can't afford it, then that's why you should do it. Well, my you can't afford it for a reason. Is, well, how long are you going to tolerate that? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you, you, obviously the way that you've currently done it put you in a situation where you can't afford it. So maybe do something outside of your norm, like stretch Put it on a credit card or whatever it is because there's never a bad investment when you're investing yeah. into yourself, ever. Yeah, ever. Or cut some things out. Make ever. a new budget. Yeah, you know? exactly. Make it a make yourself a priority as we've kind of been talking about. I find it very weird that everybody's – all these other things are people's priorities. You know, I've got to get up at this time, get showered, get to work, do a good job. You know, they're giving – to everybody else trying to uphold a specific standard, but yet they're not, they don't ever make themselves a priority. And I think that that's when you find yourself at a, a super low mm-hmm. at one point is when you realize that you're way down on the list. And you've put yourself there. Yeah. yeah. And nobody else did that to you. You could have woke up two hours earlier and did a brain dump mm-hmm. or rather than hold all of that stuff in. I don't do that. Um, I haven't yet, you know, because I'm still tinkering with my morning routine, adding the meditating thing in, which is super awkward at first. Uh, But you just got to do it, right? And just kind of mess with stuff. Always be testing new habits and new things. I think that's what happens when people stop testing things and they just really get into this same stuff over and over and over every single day to the point to where they don't even know what their high power habits are or uh, what to do to put themselves in a specific state where they can perform at a high level. We talked about that this morning at uh, our Monday morning meeting at our other office mm-hmm. about, you know, Tony Robbins doing his little bounce thing every single time before he gets on stage because he controls his state mm-hmm. and he has his routines that puts him in a very specific state when he's trying to accomplish something very specific. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't think enough people 
take time for themselves or invest into themselves. I think that that's one or thing that's majorly lacking. allow themselves to buy into it. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of times you're just holding yourself back because you won't fully buy into something. Like, yeah, yeah meditating's weird. I'm not going to do that. But if you buy into it, like, yeah. dude, this is going to help me. You know, and I'm gonna just I'm just gonna be open. Yeah. To, I'm gonna allow results to happen from just trying this and just and just fully believing that it's gonna work for me, right? And then it's just like that's when the magic starts happening, right? Because you you've bought into that belief and it's like almost like it manifests it, right? Absolutely. And so yeah. that's another thing I feel like that holds people back. They don't have a morning routine because they just don't they don't believe it's really gonna help them. They won't buy into it. I mean, it's just weird to me because the data shows otherwise. Mm-hmm. You know, the data shows that usually successful people have a very specific routine or their habits that put themselves in a specific state of mind in order to be a high achiever. Mm -hmm. But yet, for some reason, we project that, well, if I do it, it probably wouldn't work. So I think that that's just another excuse to let yourself off the hook instead of looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, I've got work to do. Mm -hmm. It's easier to say that that won't work for me than really actually put in the work. That's really where the problem lies. Yeah, it's just a justification, right? It's a justification of like, oh, well, it's not for me. And they'd much rather be doing something else. So they see somebody else and they're like, I want your life. But then they're not willing to do what it takes to get that because they're like, well, I want to be out with my friends late or I want to stay up and watch Netflix or yeah. right. Like they're not willing to give up some of those things, not willing to budget in mm-hmm. personal, you know, personal stuff so that they can say like this is an investment in me. Mm-hmm. But then they're going to put themselves up against someone else and say, well, I can't do that. Yeah. It's bullshit. Yeah. That's, that's or the, yeah, no, they might not have the right people in, li- in their life either. Like you're willing to look outside of yourself or meet people in groups and and see what they've done to change their life and apply it to yours. And and uh, some people don't have that, you know. Yeah. Like you know, I picture you know me 20 years ago, man. I was just like this kid is working construction around other construction guys, and it was all just like he didn't really have those examples, right? Yeah. Until you started changing your environment Venturing and getting around like sales and you know new people in your life and you're like man I want to I want to hit the next level and then you start doing what other people are doing to get there and so Kel know, what so. do you think made that happen though for you like what do you think made you go from like being just construction to like reaching out past that uh, for me man when I, I just had I had a kid you know at a super young age and I was like I just kept looking at my kid like man I don't I don't want him to have the life I had I don't want to just be you know Average. Like, yeah. I want to be a great example. I want to break. I want to break the mold, right? Like I don't want to just bring up the way I was brought up. You know, nothing against my parents or whatever. I didn't want that. I wanted something different. So, for me, it was it was my my kid. I was a huge motivator, huge yeah. motivator for me. So, yeah, we call those like compelling reasons. Like, there's mm-hmm. always got to mm-hmm. be a compelling reason yeah. in order to do something that's uncomfortable. So there's got to be a compelling reason to get out of the construction business, yeah. to put yourself in a different area with different people, to cancel the Netflix subscription and put it towards a mastermind or a group. You know, it has to be a compelling reason like your kid mm. in order to make it so that it goes to something that you are willing to do. So that's what I want to encourage everybody is think about what is my compelling reason mm-hmm. and what am I willing to do to go after it? Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I mean, that's really what it comes down to is what you want greater than the uncomfort that you have to go through to get it. Because without a doubt, anything that's worth it, you will go through some sort of uncomfort. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's super success in business and life, 
even with the family and relationships, all of that stuff is going to take a lot of uncomfortable work. Like you talked about being vulnerable Mm -hmm. or uncomfortable. Like I just said, meditating, it's super uncomfortable at first because you're just basically like a leash on a dog. You unleash your mind and just let it wander. And then you're like, whoa, whoa, why are you going way over there? Come on back, you know? like. Well, and I'll tell you, the the one thing that I have with coaching with men is usually this is their first time coaching. I'm not usually like the coach that they're like, oh, yeah, you're my fourth coach. And so so getting on on a Zoom for the first time is uncomfortable. And it's like I'm here and you're here and I don't know who you are. And so what are we going to do here? So that's one thing that I always tell my clients. I'm like, you're here. I'm like, good job. This is going to be a little uncomfortable, but I'm super yeah. impressed that you decided to show up and get on this call because what we do is work on that being okay with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Because it really is when we can th- think about the feelings that we're not willing to feel. I always tell people, if we can make that list and be willing to do anything, then you can be as successful as you want in your life. You know, I was thinking just the other day, I was going to do an Instagram story on it. I was going to tell people... You know, with everything that's going on, obviously there's uh, a lot of time to think, you know, about some of the decisions that they've made leading up to this pandemic or whatever, the virus. And it was like an exercise that I was going to challenge people to do and write down like three things that they wish they would have done prior to that. Because it's a lot easier to have hindsight and look back and say, I wish I would have done this, this and this a little bit differently. But just seeing it on a piece of paper now allows you to course correct Mm -hmm. and then make sure that you don't regret that when the next issue hits because there will be a next issue. You know, I'm not saying it's going to be, again, a virus or this or, you know, the Twin Towers. There's always going to be an issue every 10 years or something crazy. Uh, What are you doing to prepare yourself so that you don't have the same regrets every single decade when something weird injects itself into the scenario and secondly when you get uncomfortable enough times by yourself forced uncomfort when an external situation is starting to happen that seems uncomfortable you're far more comfortable in the situation because you've put yourself in enough uncomfortable situations so many times over it's just another opportunity for growth at that point yeah you've done the work exactly you've done the work and so it's like yeah okay Here's the circumstance. Once again, I get to decide how to think and feel about it. And I've done the work so that I'm like, yeah, let's game on. Let's do this. What What is, uh, you know, one piece of advice that you would give, you know, maybe a, a young entrepreneur? Because as a life coach, you work with, you know, plenty of entrepreneurs or business owners or, I mean, again, you don't have to be in business or be an entrepreneur to reach out to Carrie here. But um what are some of the, the common mistakes or a piece of advice that you would give a young entrepreneur going into business? You know, obviously, I call it the honeymoon phase where they're super excited, like yeah. nothing can go wrong, nothing right? Go wrong. Because it's just so beautiful in their own mind. But what would you give a, an entrepreneur on year one or year two that would be a piece of advice that you think would be valuable to them? I think knowing your compelling reason is really important and you have to check in with it. Frequently, frequently, you know, the first six months, it's going to be completely different than year two. Mm -hmm. You have to really remind yourself why you're there and what you're willing to do to make it happen. Um, And then the second thing would be to find support. That's the one thing that I see is such a big mistake is they they want all the things, but they're not willing to find support with either, you know, financially finding support, getting a mastermind 
or creating your own entrepreneur, like just a... Your own group. Your own group. I mean, yeah. there's so many different things. And then the other thing is really watch your buffers. Like what are you doing in your life that is making it so that you are not present with your life? Um, I see a lot of like on your phone, of course, social media, that type yeah. of thing, but video games... Um, you know, anything. What's your feelings about video games? I, I'm great with video games, but I just think that. Just monitor it or. I mean, you can you, use anything as buffers? a Yeah, anything can be a buffer. You can use working out as a buffer. It's just going out to do something instead of showing up for your own life. And so, what I see entrepreneurials do is they, um, entrepreneurs, they will find buffers because something's not going right with the business. And so then they'll go and basically disconnect from their own life instead of like feeling the feelings, processing it, and then using it as a fuel to drive action. Mm. So it's like just a way of escaping basically. So just check in, ask yourself, am I nine to five hitting it really hard? And then, you know, at six o'clock hits and I am like completely checked out from my life. Yeah. Am I checking out from the business when I should be working? That's another thing. A lot of I'm working. But I'm like, uh, if we were there, if the three of us were there, would you be working, right? <laughs> so That's just so kind of check in with yourself yeah. and see. And then I think the accountability thing. Find a group of people that you love, that you can be vulnerable with, that you can have these conversations. And then be willing to do the work and have the conversations because it's when we are in a space of sharing with each other authentically that some pretty awesome things can happen. Yeah, It's true. And you know what? I go back to go back to what you guys said earlier about be careful on who you you do yeah. seek out to. That is huge because a lot of times your your family and your loved ones will give you the worst advice, even though mm. it's out of love. You yeah. know, so seeking out yeah. new people like a coach and and all that is I think is huge. I really do. How important do you think is because I, I'm guessing again I don't know a hundred percent for sure, but I know me and Kill are guilty of it. Just basically removing all hobbies and all things out of oh, your life. I'm glad that, you brought that up. <laughs> uh, that basically you used to do. Yeah. Right. And now all we do is work. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, how important do you think it is, longevity wise, success wise, to have something that you go do something to check out, whether it's video games, whether it is yeah. golf, or whether it is the gym, or you know, having some sort of other balance outside of. Just work, 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 and yeah. I would put it at critical. Okay. Mm-hmm. To, so we talk about buffering, so it sounds a little bit interesting saying it now, but men do that too often. Do what? Check out of hobbies. So you get married, and then you don't see your friends as much. Not a big deal. I mean, mm-hmm. there has to be some adjustment, yeah, right? You also see the guys that don't do it, and then their marriages fail, right? <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about balance here, but then you get a new business, and then the hobby's gone. And so it's critical to keep your personal life and keep things that you love in there that do not require your family, your wife. It really does need to be a hobby that you have. And once again, balance with everything, right? But it is critical. I struggle with that right now. I was talking to Trevor about that just a couple weeks ago. That's why I was asking. Dude, I don't even feel like a fun person anymore because my only fun is business. And so now it's like I don't – like when I get invited to go golf, I'm just like, yeah, sure, I guess I'll go. Like, I don't yeah. even care, but I used to love golf yeah. or going to the lake or going to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, and then all of a sudden you start, I start worrying because I do work on becoming self-aware and stuff mm-hmm. quite a bit. And I'm like, man, I don't even feel like I'm a fun husband or a dad anymore yeah. or just a friend, you know? And so 
it's like, what do I even do? It's just fun outside of business, you know? So you do, I think you got to have that. Well, and when, when you love business, yeah, when you love business, it's hard because you really do have to remind yourself because it not only is your business that, but then it becomes a hobby and it becomes a passion and it becomes all of these things, which is awesome. But it is critical to keep some hobbies in your life because it's almost like the lifeline to yourself. Mm-hmm. Business is fun and it really is awesome, but you have to be able to connect back to who you are, what lights you up and be able to, I call it like the recharge station. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'll have a client come. I'm like, when did you recharge? They know that that means when did I take time to do a hobby, hang out with my friends? I don't know. I'm like, got to get recharge time on that calendar. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're playing video games. If that's your recharge, go for it. Awesome but you have got to have recharge time on your calendar. It is critical. And I can always tell when my clients don't because stuff, they're like, oh, I'm this, this, this. I'm like, Start getting riled up a little bit just and you're riled. like, hold up. Yeah, you rev yourself up until yeah. until you burn out. Yeah, So then you hit the red line. and Yep, and yeah. so that's why that recharge time is there is because you are trying to help yourself not burn out. Because mm-hmm. like you get to you a place, Kale, of like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I love business and I'm doing it. And then you're like, and that's all I do. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> and then your your wife is like, why are we talking about your business again? Yeah. Funny thing, our family would they. And would, it's not fun to them. Yeah. So you're just like, yeah. We have a we have a code <laughs> word in our in our family. My my big family because they're all dentists. Yeah. So my all dentists and we have cavity or what? No, no. We say Oklahoma. <laughs> no, we would never talk about Oklahoma. Yeah. So when we talk about business too much as a family, because. Yeah. We're either running businesses or have our own businesses. Call the audible. Yeah, our Oklahoma. kids. Yeah, our kids will even like our five-year-old niece. The other Starts day, we were talking about up. business and opening the practices up, you know. And she was like, "Oklahoma, you guys, you got to stop five. And we're like, "So fun." So it is. It's <laughs> it's having a space of like, this is not time to talk about business. This is my time with my family. This is my recharge time. That it is a shutdown, and it's like it's there. It's always going to be there for you. What's a what's a what's something somebody could do to to help themselves disconnect like that in terms of work to then connect to family, right? Because with business, if business is going great, you know you can be on a high. If it's going not so great, you know you're carrying a lot of the burdens home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been guilty of doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever day I had at the office, if it was a rough day, a lot of customer support calls or whatever, I could come in. It was, it was a bad day. Yeah. And the whole tone of the house is around my tone, you know, the way that I walk in, whether it was a good day or whether it was a bad day. Yeah. Is there is there something specific that somebody could do to try to change state, yeah. you know, from work to home that would be beneficial? For sure. The first thing is be your last appointment, just like I tell myself I'm gotcha. my last client. So be your last appointment of the day. So that's going to be time to really get down everything that's gone on today. That brain dump for work specifically, only about work, is a really good thing to show yourself. Look at your calendar. Brain so dump is in write all that stuff down. Write of all the of day. those thoughts. Yep, write all of those thoughts of the day. So if it was like that was a lot, that client canceled, I can't believe what's yeah. going on. You know, write it all down so that it's there. Kind of go through it. And then you're going to intentionally work on how do I want to show up as a husband, father, friend. And I like to just do some breathing, just like a couple of deep breaths, hold them in. There's just different breathing techniques that you can do, but that's what I do is I just work on breathing techniques with clients so that you're doing your brain dump. You're going to come up with a couple of things like I'm going to show up for my kids baseball and be the most excited or most engaged dad. Mm. And so then they just breathe and they just tell themselves like I'm the most excited dad. I'm the most engaged dad. 
I love my son. So you I'm start labeling up. yourself you what start, you are. Exactly. Like those I am statements mm-hmm. that you talked about starting your day. Yeah. It's like ending your work day. Gotcha. And then really reminding yourself. Doing it both ways to prime your day exactly. for work, and, but also prime your mind for family and then watch your Mm. transition times like what are you doing during your transition times Mm. are you zoning out are you listening to a podcast like what what makes you help to rev down work bump up bump up family so for instance i I work at home but i'll listen to a podcast in the morning that revs me up yeah and then i listen to music that revs me down at um when i'm done with work so those type of things of knowing, am I getting my entrepreneurial brain like zinged in? Like, yeah. oh, that was fun. Or am I like getting back to dad and, and husband and friend mode? Yeah. So then you can do it from that space. Huh. <laughs> Stuff falling apart on us? <laughs> no, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I have such a difficult time doing that. It's hard, isn't it? I have such a difficult what time What do you think is that. the biggest challenge for you doing that? Um, I would say uh, at the office, I. What it is is when you're when when you're when you're calling a lot of shots or whatever throughout the day, or you're managing people, you take some of that managerial style home, and then you start running your home like your kids are your employees, and you know your why you know. So you start if things aren't going as you expect or projected, then you start getting upset or riled up right but maybe maybe it serves some people in some areas but maybe not not so much in other areas mm-hmm. um, but I find that interesting that um, again I take time out of my day to prime my mind for the morning time but then I don't do I don't make that I don't make that adjustment mm-hmm. um, coming home I did read a book I think it was called the untether soul or I heard it somewhere or something and some guy was like a jet fighter pilot and him and his wife would battle all the time when he got home, but he had a super intense job. Mm-hmm. You know, he had to be alert and, you know, he was like a go-to guy. Um, and somebody had told him, just pull off the side of the road for 15 minutes on your way home. Just do nothing. Yeah. And sit there for 15 minutes, decompress the day so that you're not taking the day in into your home. And just that one adjustment made a huge, huge difference. That's an interesting thing. That's actually something that I noticed with my clients since um, everybody's been working from home Mm -hmm. is there's been more arguments, more fights, more everything, right? Because, and I think a lot of it has to do with transition time. And so if you have had a drive home and you're not having a drive home right now, if you are still working from home, take the 10 minutes to sit and do not go up to the family yet. Like, really take the time to intentionally transition because that's the main thing that I saw with my clients. I was like, what is happening? What's the thought? And then I was like, what changed? And we found out it was these transition times. And usually it's a a commute that is already creating that. So when the commute was gone, a lot of that wasn't there. Yeah, so so I think that intentional time is, you know, can you transition and are you using it to your benefit with your thoughts and like decompressing and then also thinking intentionally about how you want to show up in the next space that you're going to be in. Mm. Helps as well with any type of sport that you're doing as well. You need to rev yourself up, but how often are you actually thinking about like your golf game after you have to really actually, because that's sometimes what helps even with sports and some of the athletes that I've helped is they get themselves prepped, 
but then they're not doing any of the work after. Mm. And so you have to do both and it helps so that you can actually show up even better the next time you're out on the course or on the field. Yeah, I need that. <laughs> so I, I got so fed up with my golf games just the other day that I literally on Google right now, I have like golf coach. And that that's just brings a full circle of, you know, once you get fed up enough with something happening over and over, yeah. you start seeking help outside of yourself. So yeah. that's a perfect segue uh, for people to find you. Where would people find you when, when they're ready to reach out and ask somebody for help or, you know, bounce ideas off of you or try to, again, figure out what the hell's going wrong? Yeah. You know, when when if something's going wrong, it's because of you. Flat out. out. If you can't pinpoint it, then reach out to somebody that might be able to help you pinpoint it. Because, again, an outsider's perspective is sometimes much clearer than when you're in the mud yourself and you're in the shit, right? So where do they find you if they want to reach you? Super simple. Just come over to Instagram. Drive Your Thoughts uh, Coaching is me. Just really easy. You can DM me, you know, like, comment, whatever. But I'm here to help however I can. Um, I always say, once a client, always a client. Yeah. And that that includes if you know you just need somebody to say that big thing of like I'm struggling or this is going wrong. Like I have so many comments or or DMs come in um, in the evening. It's yeah. a time when people are are hurting. I think a mm-hmm. lot. And so maybe the distractions are gone of the, the day. The distractions of the day are gone, and so you know people will reach out and just say like, Hey, I had a really shitty day, and this happened, like, what do I do? I'm really here to help anybody that needs some help. So, yeah, just come and find me on Instagram. Do you Super tell simple. them to go take a few shots and hit you up at 4 a, uh, 5 a.m.? 5 a.m. From 4 to 5 is her time, so don't don't be stomping all over that time zone. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it's Drive Your Thoughts Coaching. I think it's Drive underscore yeah. Your underscore thoughts underscore yep. coaching. So make make sure that you check her out. Um, you know, go look at her Instagram. You'll you, you'll see the uh, the smile and the energy when you when you start poking around a little <laughs> bit. She's she's got good energy and she'll make sure that you're all taken care of. So I know it's been it's been a real yeah. treat having you on today. Yeah, this is stuff right. that we geek out on. Yeah, yeah. we kind of geek out on personal stuff for a while, mindset. and it's helped it. us a lot. So it's it's been awesome having you on. And well, uh, and I just want to say that for for two of you guys. Guys to, to be able to talk about this, it means a lot for other men. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one thing that I do hear a lot is that uh, men are saying we don't talk about this enough as a community of men. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to say, you know, awesome for you guys to be doing the work as well because it is an example to other people of being able to show up for themselves and to be able to invest in themselves and to see two people that they surely, I'm sure, look up to already doing the work is really important. So Awesome. Yeah, closed mind that. isn't gonna isn't gonna help anybody grow. Yeah. You know, so once we got far more open minded to just reaching out and doing things outside of the norm, you know, our norm anyways, um, and, and get coaching and get help and talk openly on our podcast about some of the situations that have been life altering for us and. Yeah knowing that even in a bad situation there's silver lining in it because that could be the moment where you truly change your entire life so a lot of the in in, in most cases usually it's when you're at a low that something amazing is about to happen and so 
you know, that's kind of the message that, that we want to share is, you know, just wherever you're at right now, doesn't need to be where you end up. And if you're at a low point, that's probably a good thing because now you can make those adjustments. So um, I'll leave, uh, leave you guys with today's review. Um, awesome podcast is the subject. This is Trevor and Kel, host of Real Business Owners Podcast. Highlights all aspects of business ownership, entrepreneurship, and more. Can't miss this podcast. The hosts and expert guests are often insightful. Uh, very, very good information that is helpful to anybody that listens. So that was from Clarissa Gomez. We appreciate you leaving that review. And anybody else is listening, make sure that you also leave a review. Uh, those seem to have slowed down just a little bit, right, Austin? <laughs> we don't like that. That doesn't that doesn't look good. And make sure you check us out on YouTube, guys. We know you got value out of this episode. Make sure you share it with a family member, friend, somebody else that can benefit from it. And we wish you guys nothing but the best. Take care. Take care.